You are listening to the Testudo Times Podcast Network. Welcome to Terps in the Pros on the Testudo Times Podcast Network. I'm Matt Levine, joined by Jordan Gold today. Lila is not here for this show, and we'll be recapping week two of the NFL for Terps and the Pros, previewing week three of the NFL. A lot of football action getting started as we head to week three, and we'll recap some MLB milestones. Lamont Wade Jr. hit his first big league home run in this past week, so we'll get to that, and some WNBA action as a lot of Terps are in that league. But we'll start with the NFL, and we'll start with probably the most Hyped-up rookie from the Terps, Darnell Savage Jr. of the Green Bay Packers. He had another stellar game this past week against the Vikings this time. So he did play against Stephon Diggs, another Terp. But Darnell Savage had six tackles, which was second on the team. And he had a pass breakup that led to an interception, as well as a forced fumble. So he's doing a lot of stuff for this defense, Jordan. Yeah, Savage was excellent on Sunday. I mean, he could he could not have played any better. And I he had guys all over uh, the NFL, you know, just praising how well he played. He had Ryan Clark who tweeted out. He said, "Darnell Savage reminds me of a young Earl Thomas." I'm nervous to say that because he will be a Hall of Famer, but this kid can flat out go. And you know, I was watching some highlights from that Vikings game, and he's he's just everywhere. He's disrupting he's got he's disrupting the running backs he's great in the pass game he was just it was just all around another great for performance from savage in this new look Packers defense that just in addition to savage just looks absolutely superb you know unfortunately for savage he did leave the locker room on Sunday in a walking boot but it's not considered serious and I think he should be good to go against the Broncos this week and you know I think it's going to be another big week for him because the Broncos are not known for their uh, passing attack or really their running attack they just kind of struggle on offense and I think Savage is going to have another great week. So you matched up against the Vikings in week two the Packers came out on top 21 to 16 and that defense held the Vikings scoreless in both the first and the fourth quarter so that's something to look out for with Savage and that entire Packers defense. On the other side of this game, it was Stefan Diggs, who looked to be having a pretty good game, had a touchdown called back. It was a huge run, a catch and run, but then ended up getting a touchdown that didn't get called back. So he ended up with just one catch for 49 yards and a touchdown. He was targeted seven times, but had that touchdown not been called back, he would have had a much bigger day. Yeah, Diggs, Diggs was, I mean, quiet outside of his... Uh... One catch for 49 yards, which was the touchdown. And that first touchdown that was called back was actually in the red zone. Cousins threw him a little slant route, and then it was uh, brought back with the new review rules. They uh, reviewed it, and they determined that um, one of the other Vikings receivers, I don't remember exactly who it was, was uh, called out for a pick play, and that made it illegal, thus bringing back the touchdown. So... Yeah, his only catch was that 49-yard touchdown. He was targeted seven times in the game, which I that is definitely a good sign compared to the two last week versus the Falcons. And I think that's a good sign for Diggs. He also had what would have been another huge touchdown where Cousins wildly overthrew him. 
but he was wide open. And I think, I think that's a good sign for Diggs. What worries me with Diggs in this offense is that the Vikings are running the ball nearly 60% of the time, which is certainly worrisome. That's easily the highest in the NFL. So I think that that's definitely a concern for Diggs going forward. I think it was really good to see the seven targets, but I think that that running figure is certainly concerning, especially from a fantasy perspective. I think he's he would definitely be a candidate to uh, buy on maybe if you're you know trying to acquire a receiver, but I think that that's certainly concerning. But they play the Raiders this week, which is a team not known for their pass defense. I think it is a very good matchup for Diggs, and I think he will have a big week, hopefully his biggest week of the season. DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers had a pretty decent day, almost averaged 10 yards per catch. Nine catches for 89 yards. He was targeted 14 times, which was one more than any other wide receiver on the Panthers. So now with Cam Newton injured, the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, how does that affect the way DJ Moore will produce? Yeah, I think it definitely has an impact, but I'm not sure how much of an impact. Um, I If Cam doesn't play, it'll be Kyle Allen, who uh, is a decent passer. He doesn't have too much NFL experience, played a little bit last year. But I don't think it'll affect more too, too, too much. But certainly when that number one quarterback goes down, it's definitely a real thing. But I think throughout these first two games, it's pretty clear that he's established himself as the number one receiver. Although last game, Curtis Samuel did have 13 targets to Moore's 14. But I think Moore is really the guy there. The big questions for me with Moore, well, they involve Cam Newton's health and is he going to be able to stay on the field? How will that affect him? And then also, is Moore going to ever be able to become a red zone threat? You know, for the Panthers, you have Christian McCaffrey, who is obviously one of the best running backs in the league. He's going to get a lot of touchdowns in the red zone. And they also have Greg Olson, who, well, is on the downside of his career. He's still a big target in the red zone, which, I mean, more last year, Moore had only two touchdowns. This year, he does not have a touchdown. So I think that's definitely something to watch. And if I remember correctly, those two touchdowns last year were on. I don't think they were in the red zone. So I think that this is definitely something to watch. And hopefully he can establish himself a little bit in the red zone as the season progresses. So now with Cam Newton out, the Panthers will look to go to their backup. And a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL have gone down with sickness, injuries. So a lot of teams shaking their quarterbacks up and going with backups, and that is going to either work out in the favor of DJ Moore or go against DJ Moore. So we'll look to see how he does. The Panthers currently sit at 0-2, and they face the Cardinals this week. So not a, too bad of a matchup for DJ Moore. Yeah, certainly not a team known for their stout secondary. So I think that uh, he could definitely have another big week. I mean, the targets have been there, the yards have been there, and the catches have been there. It's just for me, it's the touchdowns, which have not been there, which certainly... From a fantasy perspective, that's important. And also, I mean, you, you want your guys getting touchdowns. So um, hopefully he can uh, get on the board this week. And for the close DMV guy, Vernon Davis for the Washington Redskins. Three catches for 29 yards in this game against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, with Davis, um, I mean, he kind of went back down to uh, what he had been uh, performing like the past couple seasons. Uh, three catches for 29 yards. That was on four targets. I mean, I think with Davis, his 
Um, his production is really going to depend on Jordan Reed's status. He's still uncertain. Who knows if he's going to play? They play Monday night against the Bears, so, you know, big primetime matchup for Vernon. Hopefully he can uh, pull out a performance like he did in week one against the Eagles. But the Bears, as we all know, I mean, that is one of the best, if not the best, defenses in the league all around. So that's that's a really tough matchup. So I wouldn't expect too much from Vernon this week, but hopefully he can surprise us. Yeah, and you said the Bears defense, one of the best in the league. So a tough matchup for Vernon Davis. Not so much for the other trips that we mentioned already with Darnell Savage, Diggs, and DJ Moore. They have decent matchups going into week three, but Vernon Davis will see a very, very tough matchup against the Bears. And I think it'll be interesting to see how much they go and pass the ball because that Bears pass defense is really, really stellar. And moving on to J.C. Jackson of the New England Patriots. Two tackles and a really huge pass breakup this past week. And now they will go on to face the Jets in week three. But they played the Dolphins. The Dolphins, unarguably the worst team this year in the NFL. And they absolutely dominated them. So how do you, what did you think about J.C. Jackson in this one? Yeah, J.C. had a very strong performance. He had that big pass breakup, which was on a deep ball. I forget which receiver it was to, but he was in there. Smacked it right out of his hands. And um, Jackson has taken a bit of a backseat this year to uh, Jason McCourty and Stephen uh, Gilmore. He isn't starting anymore like he was for most of the year last year, but he's still been very productive. 44.4% of the passes that have been thrown his way have been completed, which is a pretty decent figure. And they're going up against the Jets this week. You know, I'm a, Jet, I'm a huge Jets fan, and uh, this is going to be quite a depressing matchup on Sunday. I mean, He's going to be going up against a third stringer in Luke Falk at quarterback. A really depleted Jets team. Not so much on the offensive end outside of Sam Darnold, but I mean, there's not one receiver who you're like, wow, JC's going to have to shut him down. I mean, they have Crowder, they have Robbie Anderson, and they added Demarius Thomas, but I, I think it'll be another strong week for Jackson. I don't see any big plays being made against him by this. Uh, Less than stellar uh, Jets offense. Now, until week nine, that's the first time the Patriots really get a test, and it's with the Baltimore Ravens. Other than that, they play the Giants, they play the Jets twice, they play the Bills, and they play, I don't remember who else, but it's their schedule seems, I don't know if it's because their schedule is easy or because they are the best team in the football, but J.C. Jackson, already a Super Bowl champion, do we think that he can be a back-to-back Super Bowl champion. I mean, I think the probability is certainly high. I mean, you have the Chiefs and you have the Ravens. I mean, those are probably the two main competitors in the AFC. And then, I mean, who knows what the Saints are going to be without Drew Brees. Obviously, the Rams are still very good. And Eagles are good. They're certainly... NFC Packers look great. I mean, the NFC is definitely stronger than the AFC. But, I mean, I think it is I'd say maybe more likely than not that... uh J.C. adds ring number two this year. And I might add, uh, that we, they play the Jets in week seven, and I think, assuming Sam Darnold's back, I think that'll be a much tougher matchup for J.C. Because, I mean, we saw some really good things out of Sam Darnold at the end of last year, so I think that um, that could be much more of a test for that Patriots secondary come week seven when Darnold should be back. And the spread on the game this Sunday against the Jets is 23 points in favor of New England. So 
I'm sure there'll be a lot of offense from the Patriots, but J.C. Jackson and that defense will certainly look to stop Luke Falk and the Jets, or try to, the Jets will probably stop themselves, but <laughs> we'll see what J.C. Jackson can do in that one. Sean Davis on the Pittsburgh Steelers, five tackles in the game on Sunday, and he had a block in the back on a T.J. Watt touchdown, so it was called back, but Sean Davis, five tackles in this one. It's, it's he's getting he's getting more time than he did last season, Jordan. Yeah, you know, unfortunately for Sean Davis, he injured. He left the game with a shoulder injury against um, the Seahawks, and he was placed on the IR. So he's de- he has a designation to return, which means he must miss eight games before returning. And you know, I was scrolling through Twitter when I was uh, you know doing some research this weekend. There's a lot of negativity about Sean Davis from Steelers fans, unfortunately. They also just went out and acquired Minka Fitzpatrick, who he primarily plays safety, also plays cornerback, but a great secondary player, which does not bode well for Sean Davis. And the, the negativity from the Steelers fans, I think it was a lot of it was from that block in the back that negated the TJ Watt touchdown, but uh, they, they do not seem too happy with him. Who knows how long that Steelers tenure will continue. But I think that uh, hopefully when he comes back from that shoulder injury, he can play a little better than he played. He, he didn't even play in week one. He was nursing an ankle injury. So hopefully when he comes back from this shoulder injury, he can uh, be a little more productive and uh, get back into the good graces of uh, Steeler Nation. Another highlighted rookie that – Formerly is a Terp. Ty Johnson, a running back for the Detroit Lions. Five carries for 30 yards in this game. He had a 17-yard carry. So he got more touches this week than he did in week one. And to be to have the biggest news of the week, probably, the Lions dropped C.J. Anderson, a running back that was ahead of Ty Johnson on the depth chart. They did sign someone else, from Paul Perkins from the Giants, but I think this is a good sign for Ty Johnson. Yeah, certainly a good sign for Ty Johnson. He had that 17-yard one, that 17-yard run was very nice. And I think that I mean, he goes up from one carry to five carries this week. That's certainly a big improvement. And I think that he's definitely going to play a little bit of a bigger role without CJ Anderson. I mean, on their official depth chart right now, it doesn't even list Perkins yet, and it still has Johnson listed in the three hole with no one in the two hole. So I don't know how that's going to work with Paul Perkins. I mean, given Paul Perkins history with the Giants, I don't think he's much of a threat to Ty Johnson. I think Ty Johnson, if he isn't this week, I think he soon will be that number two back to carry on in the Detroit backfield. And I think he, as the season goes on, like, like I've said the past two weeks, I think carry ons or I think Ty Johnson's role is going to continue to increase. I mean, he's a dynamic runner. He has great speed. And I think that uh, any offense, especially the Lions, could uh, really benefit from that. So the Lions host the Kansas City Chiefs this week. That's a tough matchup for Ty Johnson. The Chiefs have one of the better defenses in the league, but he'll look to gain that role as the number two running back in Detroit. Stafford playing pretty well this season. The the Lions are 1-0-1, so no losses yet for Ty Johnson and the Lions, but they'll look to take on the Kansas City Chiefs this week and try to get their second win of the year. Yeah, well, the Lions are actually playing the the Eagles this week. The Chiefs are against the uh, Ravens. 
But, yeah, I mean, the Eagles, a little banged up in the front. Uh, Timmy Jernigan, he's going to be out a little while. So I think that could be a matchup that Ty Johnson could exploit a little bit. And moving on to Quentin Jefferson. One tackle in this one against his hometown team in the Steelers, and he'll go on to play the Saints this week. What do we see from Jefferson? Yeah, I mean, week one was superb from Jefferson. So, I mean, two sacks, six tackles. I mean, that's tough to follow up. But just the one tackle. He did start, which is a good sign, and continues to make sense with the Jerron Reed suspension. But, you know, I think hopefully he can bounce back this week against the Saints. Um He's going to have his hands full going up against Kamara. I mean, the Saints are without Breeze now, but uh, certainly still a great offense. And I think that uh, Jefferson will hopefully have a uh, hopefully have a big game this week. Jermaine Carter, teammates with DJ Moore and formerly Torrey Smith, who retired. But the guy for the Panthers, he had two tackles and half a sack in this one against the Bucks on Thursday night. Obviously, we said they're playing the Cardinals. The Cardinals' offensive line, not known to be that good. So, we'll see if Carter can have a big game against Arizona. Yeah, I think that uh, Carter could definitely have a big game. He's going up against a rookie mobile quarterback in Kyler Murray. And I think that uh, he could uh, keep adding on to that sack total this week, hopefully. And um, I think, I mean, as Matt said, that offensive line is known to be pretty pretty bad so hopefully he can you know get through them and uh, get some tackles get some sacks and Byron Cowart teammates with JC Jackson first game active in the NFL had one tackle so one game one tackle for Byron Cowart played against the Dolphins as we mentioned and they absolutely destroyed them shutting them out so we'll see if Cowart is active again against the Jets another weak team in that AFC East division yeah, I mean, I think that uh, if the Patriots get out to another big lead, we're definitely going to see Coward on the field again. And I think that that'll just be another opportunity for him to shine. The Jets' offensive line has struggled mightily through the first two games. I mean, Miles Garrett this past week had three sacks, so it doesn't seem that hard to uh, get past their uh, offensive line. So, I mean, if if Cowart is given the opportunity this week, makes it onto the active roster, I think he could have a strong week. And Yannick and Njoku uh, inactive in this one. And it was a hamstring injury. Now is a full participant in practice. So he should be back for Thursday night football against the Titans. But it's interesting that he did sit out. We mentioned in, after week one that he was a little shaken up and ended up being inactive in week two. And that's a tough blow to the Jaguars defense. Yeah, I was really upset to see that uh, Ngakwe didn't get the go last week against the Titan or the Texans because I had said last week I thought that that was a really good matchup because the Texans' offensive line is nothing special. And I thought he would do a uh, good job of getting to uh, Deshaun Watson. But they're back in action uh, tomorrow night against the Titans, and hopefully he will suit up and have a big game. A lot of drama surrounding the Jags with the dust-up between uh, Jalen Ramsey and head coach Doug Marone that led to the trade request. So hopefully that isn't too distracting in the locker room for Ngakwe, and he can have another bounce-back uh, performance. And, you know, for Ngakwe, it's just it's, it's a contract year for him, so... All these performances are 
extremely important for him to see if he'll still be in Jacksonville next year. He's wanted that big extension. As we mentioned, he had held out a training camp for a little bit. And, uh, you know, all these games are important and they're going to play a huge role. And if he's going to get a contract extension, if he's going to get tagged, if he's going to sign somewhere else. So he really needs to be on his A game. And uh, I think if he plays uh, against the Titans this week, he's going to bring it. And I think he's going to have a really good week. So the Jaguars sit at 0-2, last in the AFC South. They played against the Ravens and the Eagles, giving up 29 to the Ravens, 24 to the Eagles. And yes, obviously, Nick Foles went down in week one. So, or excuse me, that was the preseason, actually, that I was looking at. But for the regular season, 0-2, lost 40-26 to against the Chiefs and 13-12 to against the Texans. So a close game in week two, but giving up, giving up 40 to the Chiefs, Obviously, we saw Nick Foles go down, but it's this defense for the Jags that they really haven't been able to, obviously in week one, they weren't able to stop the Chiefs offense. They did better against the Texans, so we'll see what they can do against the Titans. And it's interesting that they did better against the Texans when they didn't have Ngakwe. Obviously, the Texans offense much worse than the Chiefs is, but still, it's interesting that they did better without him we'll see what they can do against the titans this week at home and josh woods for the chicago bears was a healthy scratch again do you think he'll ever see the field in his first season i don't know i hope i hope he gets an opportunity it's certainly going to be tough because of the uh the um strength in that defense there in chicago but hopefully he gets an opportunity i mean uh this week, among these Terps, I'm really looking for Stefan Diggs to have a breakout performance. He's going up against the Raiders secondary, which gave up a lot of deep balls to Mahomes last week. A lot of deep touchdowns. So I think that uh, this could be a huge week for Diggs. And I I really think that uh, he's going to have a big week. I also want to – I think Savage is going to continue to have – uh, some strong performances, and you know, hopefully, this can be the week that uh, DJ Moore finally adds that first touchdown of the 2019 season. So, going into week three, Savage will take on the Broncos. Diggs obviously gets the Raiders, DJ Moore gets the Cardinals, as Jordan just mentioned. So, we'll look for those three guys in the NFL to have big, big games this week against struggling teams. And we'll move on to Major League Baseball. Just around the corner is the postseason. But right now, Lamont Wade Jr. on the Minnesota Twins hit his first big league home run. He had four hits this past week. And now his average is up to 172. Batted 235 and had three runs batted in this past week as well with those four hits. So he's picking up a lot of speed right now. And coming out of AAA again this season, he was up and down a little bit. And now he's back. Do you think he's here to stay in the MLB? Uh, yeah, this was his third stint this year. And I really think it's probably a little too early to tell. The Twins are obviously a playoff team. And unfortunately for Wade, I do not foresee him making that 25-man playoff roster. But, you know, if he's going to be a mainstay in the MLB, that's that'll be to be determined in spring training next year. But they... I mean, he came up to replace the oft-injured Byron Buxton. So, 
I mean, there definitely will continue to be opportunities. This was this has been his third stint with the Twins this year, and uh, this has certainly been the best one. And he just uh, finished off his best week in the MLB, so hopefully he continues to trend upwards. And another Terp in Major League Baseball, Adam Kolarek, his ERA now down to 333 on the season. Pitching pretty well for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they just clinched the playoffs this past week. Having that, they're probably going to be the first seed in the National League. No one's going to catch them. A big World Series favorite, so possible that we could see Kolarek get a World Series ring. Yeah, I think uh, Kolarek, he's been pretty strong for them. His ERA is down to 3.33. And this past week, he was uh, used exclusively in uh, you know a situational setting. One batter each time. He only pitched a third of an inning in all of his outings. He had one run all week, which was on a home run. Otherwise, he was perfect. And I think he's a he's a key contributor that, to that Dodgers bullpen. As I mentioned last week, that bullpen is not the strong suit of the team. They have struggled this year with the bullpen. So it's going to be important for Clark to be as strong as can be come October. And we'll see both Lamont Wade Jr. and Kalarik in the postseason. The Twins have not clinched yet, but they likely will win the American League Central. And Brandon Lau, he's injured, hasn't played in a game since July 2nd. So it'll be interesting to see if he does get time at the end of the season. I don't think he's listed as out for the year yet, but he had an all-star year in the first half and was named to the American League All-Star team. And... I think it's interesting to see if he comes back this season. Yeah, I mean, currently the Rays are in the playoffs in that second wild card spot. So that would mean they would be traveling to Oakland to play the athletics. And I think that if Lau could come back, I mean, that would be absolutely huge, huge for the Rays. He was one of their best players, certainly an AL Rookie of the Year contender. And I think that if he can play, I mean, that's a, that's a huge that's a huge gain for the Rays, who, you know, can sometimes be a little stagnant on offense. And they're, the Rays are getting back some pitchers. Glass now is back, and Blake Snell is back. So I think that they could certainly beat the A's if they get in, or if, it's, if it ends up being the Indians. But if the Rays get in, I think that they could definitely make some noise and face either the uh, the Yankees or the Astros, whoever ends up uh, getting that number one seed. And I mean, Lau had uh, he was batting two seventy six with sixteen homers. I mean, he he's a really good player, one of the best on the Rays. So you know, for Rays fans and for Terps fans, you definitely got to hope that he uh, makes it back before uh, the end of the season. So in football, we mentioned J.C. Jackson and Byron Cowart play for New England. It's possible, obviously too early to tell, it's possible that they go back and win the Super Bowl, and it's possible that Kalarik wins the World Series with the Dodgers. So we could see three former Terps get championship rings this season. Not saying that it will happen, but it is a possibility, and it's likely for the Los Angeles Dodgers. We'll move on to the WNBA, where it's heading to crunch time for them. A lot of former Terps in the WNBA, obviously the success here at Maryland with the women's basketball program, a very, very good program, one of the best in the country, still is today. So 
who stands out to you in the WNBA for the Terps? Yeah, I mean this one. This one's a pretty easy one. Uh, as the the biggest star in the WNBA uh, in terms of Terps is definitely Alyssa Thomas. She plays for the Connecticut Sun, who are currently in the playoffs. They are in a uh, semifinal matchup right now against the LA Sparks, and they won Game One yesterday. 84 to 75. They'll be back in action on Thursday. And this is, for those that don't know, the WNBA playoffs. The first two rounds are single elimination. Then once you get to the semis, it is uh, best of five. So um, that's going to be a nice series between the Suns and the Sparks. And Thomas was, you know, she was sensational in the first mat- uh, first uh, game. She scored 22 points. She brought on 10 rebounds, and she had five assists. She was the team leader in points and rebounds, and she was second in assists. So all around an amazing game for Thomas. And I think that the uh, the Sun are going to need her if they want to uh, continue to advance. So another player for the Connecticut Sun, Brianna Jones, who is the sister of current Maryland basketball player Stephanie Jones. So they have some blood in Maryland and in the WNBA now. So... She also plays for the Suns, and obviously we just spoke about them in the playoffs. A lot of that has to do with Alyssa Thomas, who is Maryland's all-time leading scorer and is obviously one of the better WNBA players right now. But the Washington Mystics actually have a lot of Terps as well. There's not too many teams in the WNBA, so it's likely that some of them end up on the same team. Christy Tolliver, Tiana Hawkins, Shatori Walker-Kimbrough, all on the Washington Mystics, as well as Natasha Cloud. So I think that's interesting to look at, that they all play for the same team. Yeah, I mean, they're they're all uh, more uh, role-player types for the Mystics. The Mystics are led by Elena Deladon, who is, uh, you know, one of the best players in the WNBA. And, you know, I'd say the best one is definitely Tolliver. Um, they, uh, they're in a matchup right now with the Las Vegas Aces and, uh, they won last night, 97 to 95 to take a 1-0 series lead. Next game is also Thursday and Tolliver brought in eight points. She had a rebound and four assists. So, you know, it's a strong contribution for a role player. And then, uh, Hawkins also had a nice game. She had five points and four rebounds and, uh, Kimbrough, she, uh, did not play. So... You know, the Mystics are definitely one of the favorites with uh, Deladon, and we'll see how long these uh, former Terps can go. And another player is Crystal Langhorn of the Seattle Storm. They won the championship last year and lost in the second round of the playoffs this season to the L.A. Sparks. So she's out of the season now. Her team's out of it. But we see the Connecticut Sun and the Washington Mystics still in it, so Terps can get a ring again in the WNBA. So a lot of success for these former Terps in both in all of the NFL, MLB, and the WNBA all currently going on. Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, very likely that we see uh, some former uh, Lady Terps basketball players uh, add a ring to their finger this year whether it's uh, the Connecticut Sun or if it's the Washington Mystics, I think it's, it's, uh, there's a pretty good chance that they uh, you know, add some hardware. So I always like to circle it back to football because that's obviously the main topic of what we talk about with so many Terps across the NFL. So I'll ask you, Jordan, I think you mentioned Diggs already, but 
just to mention one more time, is Diggs your guy to have a breakout week this this week in week three? Yeah, I, th- I think it has to be Diggs. Uh, also give a quick shout-out to Yannick Ngakwe. I think that if he plays tomorrow night, I think he will have a strong performance. Um, I mean, that's that's a big if. Last week I, th- I said he was my breakout guy, but he didn't end up playing. But for Diggs, like I said before, weak secondary – you know, coming off a week where he had seven targets, and I think that uh, this is the week where uh, we finally see uh, Diggs get back into his uh, usual form. And also, you know, a quick shout-out to Stefan Diggs. Last week, he was rocking some pretty awesome cleats. Uh, they were paying homage to a popular, you know, Spongebob meme, and uh, they were done by Mache, who's uh, one of the big uh, custom shoe guys. And, I mean, Diggs... He's been known throughout his career as one of the big, uh, one of the big cleat guys in the NFL. So you know that's something to watch as the season progresses. What he's got on his feet during these games. I other than Diggs, I'll take Darnell Savage as my uh, best player this week. If he does play, obviously we we mentioned that he left the game in a walking boot, not considered serious. So expecting him to play against Denver this week, and I think he will have a monster game again. As I mentioned, six tackles last week, which was second on the Packers. He had a pass breakup that led to an interception as well as a forced fumble. So I'm expecting him to have a big game this week if he does play. And if he doesn't play, I also will go with Stefan Diggs. I think we know what Diggs can do. He's proved himself, obviously. And against the Oakland Raiders, it's pretty much likely that he will have a good game. He's due for that. And even DJ Moore, if Cam Newton does play, we don't know if he will or not yet. But if Cam Newton plays for the Panthers, DJ Moore can easily have a big game against Arizona because Arizona's defense is not that good either. So look for those three guys as well as Ngakwe. Yeah, and you know, to put it in perspective for Savage, um, through the first two weeks uh, with the pro football focus grades, which is a great way to measure our player is performing. He is the eighth highest graded rookie in their rankings. So I think that really speaks to how well Savage has been playing and the impact that he has made for the Packers defense. So that'll do it for this edition of Terps in the Pros. Stay tuned with all the coverage. Jordan's been covering the NFL all week with Testudo time, so stay tuned for that, as well as the MLB and WNBA coverage, and the PLL Championship this weekend. Stay tuned for that. Lila having a big, big podcast coming up, so keep your eye out for all of that. As for Jordan Gold, I'm Matt Levine. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Terps in the Pros on the Testudo Times Podcast Network.